ESG and sustainability with Hangjun is an insight platform for people of all ages. Our audience mostly comprise tech-savvy people who exclusively use their phones and social media to find news and insights related to sustainability issues. Each episode will feature the latest and most trending sustainability news, most of the time from Asia-Pacific region. We want our podcast to be able to stand on its own for listeners who yearn to be part of the growing ESG and sustainability global group. Also, please remember to like, rate and comment on wherever you get your podcasts from, so that we can continue to provide relevant insights in our future podcasts. Welcome to ESG and Sustainability. I'm your host Han Jin and today I want to talk about this uh, street lighting. So before I begin, right, I want to share about this um, Indonesia's plan to, you know, you know, in- what, what Indonesia has done recently. So everybody knows that Indonesia plans to use more renewable energy and they also plan to achieve net zero by 2060. And their recent, their recent program have, have them to install about 350 uh, solar power LED street lighting across four locations uh, across the entire South Sumatra province and uh, this LED street lighting is actually not something new it has been around for a long time quite some time but it has it has recently an, an, an interest in, in many places and what it means is that well basically this LED street lighting is being powered by illuminated by LED light bulbs so it's going to take up less energy than your typical fluorescent light bulbs then in addition to that it's being powered by solar panel and it's so that it means that you don't have to tap on the electricity that's being uh, given by that's that's being given by the the electricity providers so what this means is that it's going to be independent it's going to be an independent device that can be installed anywhere and you don't have to install it on an electrical grid so a lot of people think that all this street lighting right uh, they take it for granted and a lot of them they come from an urbanized environment like Singapore, Japan, Korea so they don't really give second thoughts to all this street lighting they take it as a given for like for Singapore right it's a very small place and your streets is being lit up by street lightings along the road then the buildings and the infrastructures that are adjacent to the road they have lightings of their own so the lighting from the buildings from the infrastructures and from the street they add up to a lot of a lot of illuminosity and this means that the entire place is very well lit and in addition to that right you have a single state so everybody relies on the same electrical grid so that makes urban planning so much easier but when it comes to larger places like indonesia and other places like australia and so on right so sometimes what you have is that you have different states and you might even have different policies regarding this this type of matters and what often happens is that you don't have street lightings in many of the roads that connects between the two cities or connects between the two towns so let's say if town a is belongs to a certain state town b belongs to another state and that can it could be a good 30 kilometers or more in order to travel between these two towns and very often right you don't have any street lightings that, that's being provided for because the taxpayers from both states they are at home at night so they pay and somebody has to pay for the operations of the street lighting they don't 
they don't use the street at night, they're sleeping in their house at night. So the people who are using the streets are the pedestrians, uh, the hikers, the travelers who are traveling via cars. So they won't, the taxpayers, they won't pay for it. So very often you find yourself traveling between these two towns in pitch darkness and uh, what you rely on is if you're traveling by a car, what you're relying on is the light provided by your headlights of your car. And you can only see so far in front of your car. And it's very dangerous because if you travel too fast, you can't see very far ahead, right? Sometimes you might accidentally hit a wild animal, you might hit a hiker, someone who's traveling by, by walking along the, two, two, the, along the places. And sometimes you might also hit onto other cars as well if you travel too fast. Then uh, if you don't travel by car, you're walking between the two, two towns, you're a hiker, let's say, and it can be very dangerous because uh, you're using, you're relying on a lighting device and you're being illuminated so everybody can see you. And those who are in the pitch darkness, right, you can't see them. And people can waylay you, they can ambush you, and they can rob you, they can do harmful things to you. So these are the things that can happen. So without street lighting, it can actually lead to more crime. So with street lighting, it can reduce crime. And in places like Indonesia, right, in places in, in developing countries, in rural places, this is very important because uh, sometimes the people from rural places, they can actually stay in that place, but they work somewhere far, far away, maybe in the city and, and so on. So after work, they have to travel back to their home in pitch darkness and they can be waylaid by people with unsavory intentions. So, uh, so by having all these street lightings, all the better if let's say the street lighting is being powered by motion sensors, so you can sense who is traveling by the road, then it will only be lit up when certain objects or certain people travel within the vicinity, then you're lit up, then thereby uh, after a certain amount of time, right, when the person or the thing vehicle has left then it will shut down again in order to save energy so this makes it more appealing but i'm sure that this kind of device is going to be very popular in the near future and so these are the things that uh street lighting these are the benefits that street lighting can actually bring to the urban planning and it's going to complicate urban planning at many levels because of what i stated i state that uh the, the street lighting usually have to be built on top of an electrical grid. So what happens is that at the federal level, at the national planning level, right, sometimes the planning actually goes by the electrical grid. And unfortunately, unfortunately, if your house is located far from the electrical grid, you have to think of ways to power your own lifestyle. But if you're next to the electrical grid, then you can draw the electricity from the power grid. So in this case, right, uh, it's either you have to wait for the national planners to extend the, the electrical grid next to your house so they can benefit from it. And when they extend, there'll be a lot, lot of installation costs. There'll be an increase in installation costs. There'll be an increase in operational costs. And all this eventually passes on to the consumer. So if let's say you are not, you are unfortunately not located near to the electrical grid, then you have to think of ways and this uh, solar power LED street lighting is the, one of the perfect way for people to, um, to 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 power their own lifestyle. So, so if let's say the local government they decided that uh, to not to wait for government planning or the federal planning and to wait for the electrical grid to extend to their village, right? 
So they just go ahead and purchase all this kind of solar powered LED street lighting. So it, it means that all this urban planning is being led by the local government. And at the federal level, right, it complicates things because this means that your plans will be carried out uh, as what is conceived within the planning room. Because the local government, they are just moving ahead, see. And then when you decided, when the federal planners, they decided that they want to standardize the, standardize the local planning together with the federal plan, they'll find that it deviates from very far from their initial plan. Because the local government, they move so fast, you see. And they build whatever houses that they want according to their needs, not according to a plan according to their needs and they will install all the street lightings according to whatever needs that they have so it could be it may not be uh, so what you can imagine is that the street lighting they may not be installed in a in a straight fashion you see like along a straight road it may be according to uh, how they perceive a road should be it may not be straight or it could be peppered around the village as long as it can provide enough luminosity to the people in within the village. So these are the things that can further complicate urban planning. So before I talk more, uh, I'll go for a short break. Genki is a one-stop platform for companies to search for competent freelancers, consultants, and advisors. Apart from that, Companies can also post their project requirements and receive work bids from Genki's pool of professional workforce. Alternatively, professional service providers can also list their expertise so that they can market to the global market. Payments for work can be done through major credit cards and PayPal. What's more, Genki features some of the lowest commission in the global market and best of all, it is free to sign up. So why wait? Sign up at Genki, that is, G-E-N-K-I-I dot I-O, to list your expertise for free now. Okay, so now I'm back, uh, then I'm going to share about, uh, I'm going to talk more about this, how this kind of uh, take up of this kind of product can change the landscape of urban planning. So one of the things that I talk about is it, it will complicate the planning at federal level because you have one set of plan at the local level. They just install whatever solar panels, uh, LED street lighting they want, wherever they want. They build wherever they want in whatever fashion that they, they see deem fit for their lifestyle. So when federal plan planners, they come down, they see that, oh, uh, it's so different. So they might have to demolish they might have to uh, uh, talk to the village head the, and discuss about their plans to see whether it fits their plan and all this really makes things uh, worse you see but on the other hand right let's say if you are a supplier of solar power LED street lighting I'll be in a very good business because in a place where let's say in a place where it's a democratic country and there's a lot of local governments and a lot of local governments they are actually not in sync with the federal gov governments and within the local government itself right it could be further split up into many subsectors and all these all these gaps between the local government and the federal government means that there is there is a lot of uh, decision making power at the local level 
And if I'm a supplier of this kind of uh, solar power LED uh, street lighting, what I'll do is that I'll really go down to the local government level, go down to the village level and target the people there and sell them the benefits of this street lighting because it's independent from the electrical grid you see I don't have to wait for the federal government to extend the electrical grid to my village to my province to my regency before I can even consider installing all this thing I can just install on the spot I can immediately benefit my my people and at the same time if this kind of installation is being paired with a good loan program with low interest rate let's say um, let's say if I'm the village head and I don't have I want to have all this street lighting because I want my boys my girls to be able to study at night I want the men and women who from my village who goes working in the city area and comes home late at night right to come home safely so in, in, with, with all the street lightings in place so if I want all these benefits then uh, but I don't have the money to pay for it so what suppliers can do is that they can extend a loan program and with a low low interest rate and what this what this does is that or it can be paid for other things as well um, for example from the produce of the village so what this means is that uh, the village they don't have to pay the supplier money up front the full deposit they just pay a nominal sum every month and just ensure that eventually when it's paid off right then all this solar panel uh, LED street lighting belongs to the village and they can use it as long as they want unless they want more maintenance or unless it spoils they need somebody to do a reinstallation then of course that's another matter another set of financing involved so what this means is that if i'm the supplier of all this product it's going to be a very good business i'm, I'm able to push ahead and there's there's a lot of benefit that that's, that can be derived from this kind of product so um it's going to push it's going to it's going to be a very fast market if if I'm the supplier right the next few years is going to be a very good market for me and um, there, there's really a lot of benefits from this kind of uh, project because I, I just want to share maybe just two of my experience one is uh, when I was working in both of them again I learned about these two experience in the same developing country that I work in I was involved in a advisory of a capital city building project in that particular developing country and one day I learned through the newspaper that there was a particular farmer who went out in the middle of the night to do some business in his farmland and unfortunately because he was holding onto a lighting device and the entire place was pitch dark right so a group of men actually waylaid and ambushed him and they cut off his head and the next day right he was found without his head dead so I asked the locals they told me that they actually took his head for some religious purposes so in this case right if he had street lightings installed in that in his area then it would have reduced the chance of such crime happening and I'm sure that the guy the guys actually targeted him for some time they know his habit so they lure him there through some methods and the other case is that uh, there was this particular girl from a rural village the house don't have toilet and she had to go out to the field in the middle of the night to relieve herself unfortunately uh, she, she was waylaid by a group of men who ambushed her and uh, unfortunately raped and killed her and all this happened without her family knowing they only got to know that the daughter was killed and raped uh, the next morning so if let's say there was first of all if let's say there was a toilet in her house she wouldn't have to gone so far to relieve herself she would be safe in the house second if let's say there was street lighting right she would have seen the man 
though she knows that oh they're hiding there, then she and they they know that they the the girl can see them, they would have uh, stopped doing that as well. So I'm sure that those group of men they have actually targeted the girl as well for some time. So these are the dangerous things that can happen um, in this type of places, and even in developed countries whereby you have old infrastructures and you have dark alleys among the buildings, right? So even those dark alleys, you don't have street lighting and it can be very dangerous because when you take a shortcut along all these alleys, you never know that unsavory characters will just ambush you and do something bad to you. So these are the benefits. I bring out all these examples because uh, these are the potential crimes that can happen when you don't have sufficient street lighting. And when you have them, right, it's going to be, there's going to be so much benefits. And I'm sure that the people who are living in this type of places in pitch darkness, right, they would really appreciate when there's sufficient lightings. And this makes selling all this kind of product so much more appealing and all these reasons is going to move the market so much more in the future so basically that's about it um, that's, that's basically the sharing of, of my today's podcast and i'll see you in the next episode thanks for listening to our podcast we hoped that you have enjoyed listening to it as much as we have enjoyed spending the time to curate the information and creating the podcast. In the meantime, please remember to like, rate, and comment on wherever you get your podcast from. We also appreciate that you can share on what you would like to listen, so that we can continue to provide relevant content to our listeners. Take care, stay safe, and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode of ESG and sustainability with Ha Joon.